I'm in Bluffton, on a truancy spree. Cutting, we call it. But all you do is walk off the unfenced yard during recess, where three hundred hunched-over kids are shooting marbles. I can't shoot a marble with a slingshot, so I split and go into Dresser's Rexel for a Coke or something. Expressly forbidden me by the doctor because it makes me hyper, she says. But should I drink milk all my life instead, or go on now to house bourbon? That's not the point. Suddenly, there she is on a counter stool, between me and a cherry coke. Or, I'm even considering a suicide. Sixteen godoxious syrups in a thimble of soda. But I can handle this disappointment. I could go to the Texaco and have a bottle and talk to Virgil. They even have Tom's Peanuts for a goober bottle rig. You just pour in the peanuts and drink. But Clyde, his pump man, will try to take off his wooden leg on me. One day I got curious and he unbuttoned his shirt and showed me the network of sweaty straps all over his chest that holds the leg on. And I got closer. And he loosened the straps and took down his overalls. And all of a sudden, the leg was off. A small cypress log. And he bounced his stump around on the chair. Pecan-colored and hard-looking. And I about fainted. Now I have to beg him to leave it on. When I get pale, Virgil will stop him. Keep your leg on, Clyde. Okey-doke, Clyde says. But he still fidgets with the straps and giggles but I don't get out of the Rexel unnoticed. She calls me over and introduces me to this gray-headed gent she's with. Now, this is what gets me. She says to him, who turns out to be a barista working land in Hilton Head, she says, I want you to meet my protege. She never includes the detail I'm her son, so I put my name into the dialogue so she might have to mention the relationship. Simmons Everson Manigo, I say to him, stepping up and pumping him a three-pump country shake, squeezing harder than even the old man said to. You say it's Simmons. I'm a rare 1M Simmons. So she hatches a protege on the guy. And I think I see his face hitch to the floor a hint, as if he had a doubt about her. Remarkable this, because the lawyers I have seen, including my old man, have had better control of facial expression than any actor in the land, and I figure either something twitched him or he doesn't work on his feet. The doctor has a bit of a reputation, you know, and a suitor outside the college where she teaches can be right skittish. The Negroes call her the Duchess. Anyway, next I look at them. He is looking at her legs, folded up under her, on the chrome swivel stool, Bulges of calf flesh pressed out firm as pull candy. So I just drift out of dressers. No suicide, but at least not recognized as skipping school either. Truancy is no big deal to the doctor anyway, because it's the material has her send me to public school, Podunkus Bluffton Elementary, when the old man would send me to Cooper Boyd, a college prep academy for all future white doctors, lawyers, and architects in the low country but the old man cut out some time ago. He gave me a Jack London book and coached me into the best eight-year-old shortstop in the history of the world before the book shit hit. That kid's supposed to read all that, he said. I thought that was your library. 
He was shocked by the plan, the bassinet bound by books, which I virtually came home from the hospital to sleep in the lee of. My toys. Like some kids swap mobiles, I was to thumb pages. Some get to goo-goo, I had to read. It was something. He, the progenitor, had actually built the shelves that held the doctor's training tools, which took me straight away from our after-work grounder clinic and his idea of things.